Welcome to episode seven. What you didn't like that, Gabs? I don't know. It was but we're rolling with it. Hello, hello. Yeah. hello. <laughs> oh, it's been two weeks since we last recorded episode seven of the AFLW Files. Um, big two weeks, couple of movers um, in the leagues. The league's starting to like um, even out, I'd say, wouldn't you, Gabs? Yeah, but a big upset, uh, which we discussed, the Lions-Brizzy. We talked Casey Fields and how, I won't use the S word, how bad of a ground that can be. What else do we talk about? Rele- replacement players and the injuries starting to stack up. What else? Mm. Well, we've got two absolute legends as well. Not one, but two, um, because we thought, you know, we'd give you guys a treat this week <laughs> and um, delved into our... Uh, contacts and found Abe McKay and Lucy McAvoy who are both on the potty have a great like a great chat I really enjoyed that interview they're Um, part of the superstars coming up at Carlton and both of them are tearing up the competition as of late and yeah we have a great chat with them very laid back but very insightful um stay tuned for that one yeah so without further ado let's get into it Rate it, rate it. Don't we rate it, Gabs? Episode seven. Yep. Put the non-negotiables up on the board. What do we got, Coach? What yep. do you reckon? Let's talk Casey Fields first. Yep. Uh, yeah. Like Casey Fields. <laughs> yes. I drove out there, um, and for those who aren't Victorian, so it's an hour to get there at least from where I was, which was the Western suburbs, but from the city, it's half an hour, 40 minutes. Um, and it's pretty much a country town. <sighs> and they put uh, match of the round Melbourne Lions out there for the 500 people to watch. And I'm not happy about it, Gabby. Not happy. And I know neither are you. How was the wind out of 10? You know what? It was a two. So yep. all the stuff you talked to me about the wind yep. being a factor. That uh, wasn't. That is a good yeah. Can't complain too yeah. much. Then. No, I can't. The rain and the cold did get me though. <laughs> <laughs> um, definitely did. But let's talk about the game, the venue itself. Um, we're going to actually get back to it at the end of our non-negotiables because Craig Starsovitz has come out with some really, really useful stuff that we both agree with in the media this week. But the match, Melbourne versus the Lions, have to talk about it. Um, because the Lions put their foot down in this one and we both watched it and we were both thinking they could do anything, right? This playing group, um, the Lions managed to shut down Melbourne on a really, really tough conditions, but showed them up a bit. Yeah, very physical both both ways. Both sides really mm. were hitting hard. You could see through the TV and even the commentators said on the coverage that it was a very physical game. Um I don't know. I don't think Melbourne will be too disappointed, to be honest. I mean, it's no. still early mid-season. Like, they'll peak when they need to peak, in my opinion. Um, mm-hmm. And we'll discuss very soon that maybe this win for Brisbane wasn't all that it seemed to be. 
No, it wasn't because then I guess we'll go straight into it. They back it up. And so Melbourne would be disappointed about their performance at Casey, but the Lions will be very disappointed about their performance um, against Richmond the week after. We do have to mention, though, it was a very big and important day for one of our stars, Michaela Pauger, who finally got her debut. Um, Probably not one that um, she's going to remember fondly in terms of a win, um, but a debut nonetheless um, in the highest league that we got in women's footy. Fair credit. But, yes. With everyone rolling into the AFL men's grand final just next door. Um, Oh, absolutely. And can we please, it's just been a bit of a laugh this week with a few of my friends. I mean, we've all made stupid mistakes on the field, but Dakota Davidson playing on in the last quarter with about, I don't know how long was left, but they were down and her goal would have got them back in front. And Gabby Seymour with the game-saving smother. Oh, gosh, we watched that highlight at least six times. (laughs) (laughs) When you think about um, match-winning moments, there is nothing, I guess, more iconic I think in the women's space than probably that that comes to mind um Hodder's goal Hodder's like snap in a grand final a few years ago is one that comes to mind as well the entire crowd when she did it went absolutely silent um yeah yeah, it was a massive moment so Richmond end up getting up over the top of the Lions the Lions did kick one goal eight um so and hit the post like four times could not kick it through the sticks but yeah when you're playing footy those moments matter right um well, were the better team on the day they played really well four quarters mm-hmm. of football too and Ali McKenzie really really stood out for me um she was very good and yeah, yeah. Mon Conti yeah going from strength to strength as well so Look out, Emily Bates. You've definitely got some people on your heels. Yeah, absolutely. Um, watching the game, being unbiased and barracking for the Lions, I kept wondering why Ellie McKenzie was given so much space just behind the contest. But I've noticed that a couple of times watching Richmond. They seem to, teams seem to go straight to Conti um, and Egan and then... Mackenzie seems to just slide into spots that are just she just does it and you're like oh she's in such a dangerous spot but they never seem to find her so if Richmond starts to find Ellie McKenzie like they did against the Lions and she keeps doing good stuff um they'll go from strength to strength yeah I guess we'll just see whether other teams start to pick up on that and start to put a little bit of a tighter um match up against her but we'll wait and yeah. see what else have you got well, well, um, those are probably the highlights. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and the Suns had a good fortnight as well. We've got to talk about that because you watched that one up in sunny Gold Coast um, versus Port Adelaide, the most recent match at a lovely field at Bond University. Um, interesting game. It's really nice on the screen, I must admit. It was very, very good day down there. Sunny. Yeah. Loved it. Yeah, um, a bit a bit of a comparison to dreary Melbourne, but um, yeah, the Suns had a really good fortnight. They got two wins, one up over um, St Kilda and one versus Port Adelaide and are building a bit of momentum, uh, which is important when the comp's so tight. Um, 
you know, it's there's so many teams on 12 and eight points in the middle. Suns are out of the eight by percentage. Um, you know, it it really is a bit of a moving season at the moment where you have no idea who's going to win or what's going to happen. And, um, yeah, well, that's my analysis anyway. I guess discipline's something that the Suns will be talking about. And I didn't read a quick little article from Joycey today. They nearly gave it away themselves in the fourth, but... That's a that's an easy fix. Just don't be silly. Just don't be silly. No silly fifties and um, downfield free kicks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I reckon that that'll fix it up. Yeah, they were in a much more dominant position than the final score says. Um, speaking of one of their opponents in those two matches, St Kilda, um, they are in the wars a little bit, and so are GWS. GWS had ninety seven points put on them this week. Um, which is uh, not great against an Adelaide side that came to play in Adelaide. Um, but, you know, overall this year hasn't really been um, firing on all cylinders. No. What do you think for those two teams where they're at at the moment, um, given the injuries to St Kilda as well, the two concussions, one knee in that game um, yeah. this week, where well, do they go? What are they fix? Yeah, I mean, we'll talk about it probably in a little bit, but those replacement players, I think St Kilda might have to look to. Um, so it's an interesting one with St Kilda. I don't know whether that Geelong scoring their highest margin ever at GMHVA is like a bit out of the blue or whether it's going to be a running theme. I'm hoping for them it's not. But mm. um, Exxon, their major ball winner, went down that game too. So they're really going to have to... Um, get people to step up and go back to the drawing board. And then I caught a quarter of that Adelaide um, Giants game. Very dewy conditions, very wet. Um, so the fact that Adelaide could even still put 97 points up on the board in those conditions alone, um, yeah, the alarm bells are definitely ringing for both sides. Absolutely, absolutely. Let's talk... Um replacement players quickly um, because I do want to get back to – actually, we'll go to Stasevich first and then we'll talk replacement players because we've set up our segue here so we can't <laughs> ruin the order. Um, Stasevich um, comes out this week and we completely agree with him. And for me, it was most evident at that Melbourne game about um, having a match of the round at Marvel. Now – we so the issue that um I had about that Casey game is that's two of the top sides and Melbourne. If you put that in Melbourne, everyone could have gone to it. You know, it was a pretty much a free weekend of footy in like a free Sunday in Melbourne. Um, there wasn't any men's stuff going on, there weren't any other games in the city. Everyone would have gone, opposition players, staff, kids, whoever, if you just put it at Marvel just because of public transport. Instead, you put those games out um, in regional fields, which are good. I understand Melbourne have a quite a close connection with Casey, but it just ruins the accessibility of it and just deplatforms the game. I think. What do you think, Gabs? I think you nailed it in one. I think it's all good and well to say let's do that, but I'm sure logistically there's going to be some issues, um, especially being so late. Um, trying to put it on Marvel without um, what's it, like giving them time to do so. Uh, maybe some 
for future seasons, I think. Yeah, um, it's just a little bit just like, I mean, it's, it's also disappointing. Like there was a Vic Metro, Vic Country game there um, for the boys, like under 18s, and um, you see the crowd at that and you go, well, you can open up Marvel for a game like that, but you can't open it up for your national women's program. But I agree. Um, I think future seasons, they need to push um, and be ambitious. And we've talked about that to extent, um, a massive extent here. Yeah. So let's talk these expansion um, players because there was a bit of a surprise in the Carlton camp, um, which, you know, we'll talk about. Christina Bernardi makes her comeback to the Carlton side after being a train-on um, just due to the um, lack of players that they had. They went, went under the 24, did they, Gabs? Mm, they did. And, well, I mean, Bernardi's a handy uh, player to bring in, given their circumstances. She's played at, I think, two or three clubs, Richmond and Giants come to mind. Um, so even just to have that AFL experience on the field, um with the girls because there would be a lot of new faces out there, particularly with what they've got to choose from. And apparently that game in Frio um, that Carlton just played must have been pretty pretty brutal on their stocks. So I think we might see, I'm going to suggest three or four replacements um, across the league in the next few weeks. Um, but I don't know what that means going forward, whether the list sizes need to be bigger or what they're going to do about it. What do you think? Yeah, well, it goes back to what we were talking about earlier on in the year about the state leagues and the role that, um, you know, state leagues really have because if the list sizes don't grow, um, all this talk about 2026 being when everyone goes full time. So you can't imagine the list sizes are going to grow before they can afford to bring everyone full time. Yeah. So, State leagues now have a bit of a responsibility and clubs have a responsibility to have an extended program, which makes it way more difficult for everyone involved because there's going to need to be so much communication across different clubs nationally. Um, you know, feeder clubs become way more important because um, this situation is going to keep happening, like you said. Um, you know, St Kilda are probably looking down that barrel. GWS, depending on how they pulled up, are looking down that barrel. Um, those are probably the two clubs that come to mind with large injury lists. So it's topsy-turvy AFLW, um, as we know and love it. Right, Gabs? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, and we want to talk um, Carlton because we've got two absolute stars on the show this week. Um, halfway through the season, we thought we'd double the fun. Um, not one, so, not one, but two. We've got um, Abby McKay, who um, is an abs- has been an absolute ball magnet this year, averaging over twenty disposals. Um, second to Mimi Hill um, in that club, who's also having an outstanding year, rising star. Um, well, Mimi Hill was for twenty twenty two A, but we won't talk about her. We'll talk about our actual star Abby, who we've got on the show. Um, outstanding individual. Joined also by Lucy McAvoy, who you know a lot about, Gabs, don't you? Mm, yeah, she's a little legend down back home from Geelong. Um, pick number two in the 2019 draft. 2019. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
just you'll see when we talk to her, just head on her shoulders. Um, pretty sure she captained our like NAB League Falcons side when she was only 15 or 16 and captaining like 18, 19 year olds. She just shows the type of personality and just the great character that she is. Um, love both of these guests and just the chats we have very laid back, but very insightful. And yeah, should we roll in, roll into it? Roll the tape. Let's go. Amazing. Well, welcome to the podcast, Abby McKay and Lucy McAvoy from the Carlton AFLW side. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Yeah, happy to have you. Um, so, Gabby, we usually start with a hidden prompt. I don't know if you, yeah. oh, you've gone the same one for about five episodes. I think that's so going to be the running, the running theme. Um, Abby, yeah. actually, where are you from originally? Just from Melbourne, grown, grown up in Melbourne. So, oh, yeah. yeah. Which part? I live in Paran. I've kind of always lived around here. So, like, yeah. Melbourne, Paran area. Nice. Give me some travel tips for there. Then. <laughs> yeah, there's lots of places to go out here, which will be fun. I can give you some places to go out. Um, <laughs> travel tips around here. I don't know. Just places to go out is all that really is on offer here. <laughs> I love it. I was just to Lucy. Um, Ocean Grove, you grew up in, yeah, is that right? Yep, that's correct. Wally, Wallington, but no one ever knows where that is. So <laughs> you go with Ocean Grove. <laughs> you got to drive through Wallington to get to Ocean Grove. So <laughs> we'll take- I just usually refer to Ad- Adventure Park. Ah, oh, true, true, true. Yeah, I'm everyone knows where that is. But yeah, basically <laughs> the beach in Ocean Grove. Any good cafes or restaurants? Oh, there's a few. The Driftwood Cafe mm-hmm. um, on the main street of Ocean Grove. There, um, the Kiosk. That's mm-hmm. newer. Yeah, that one's not bad. Um, it's not a oh, <laughs> Thai restaurant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's a Thai restaurant. There's Vista Grub. That's in Oakdean. That's oh, yeah. my favourite. That's a good. Yeah. That's a good one. That's my favourite. Nice, outstanding. Got to add them to the list, hey? <laughs> if you're out and about, I have no idea. So, can you just tell me where Ocean Grove is? I feel like an idiot whenever we. Like, <laughs> um, Do you know like? No, nah, that's alright. Do you know where like Barn Heads is? No. Like Geelong? <laughs> yeah, Geelong. Like, there we oh, go. Geelong. Geelong. Why don't yeah, you go with so... Barwon Heads, Lucy? Let's <laughs> know that Ocean Grove. People holiday in Barwon Heads. So they usually go, oh, yeah, I know where Barwon Heads is. Um, like, if you go to Geelong, just basically keep driving all the way down to the ocean. <laughs> all right. <laughs> and then you find Ocean Grove. <laughs> Yeah, yeah pretty sense. much. Makes sense. <laughs> All right. Well, maybe I'll do that. I'm going to head out there Thursday night to watch Geelong. So maybe I'll go early and um, check it out. What'd you say? The tie place and the kiosk or whatever? Yeah, the tie place. That, like, if you go for dinner, go to the tie place. I don't know actually the name of it, but it's in the main street. one <laughs> <laughs> street, really, in Ocean Grove. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I yeah. love it. How good. Well, um, that's great to know. I'll add it to my list um, when I'm traveling. We always like to talk about your footy journey. So everyone's got a different story um, and we're finding that everyone's story is really unique. So I reckon we'll go 
if we're talking um, bow and heads and um, Lucy, your kind of journey, how do you end a footy and how do you end up where you are now? Let's start with you, Abby. I, I basically just followed my twin brother. <laughs> he got to play Kick and I was cut as and I didn't get to play. So my dad threw me in Kick with him and I played with him until under 14s with the boys. And I had a really good experience with the guys because – you didn't get, like, one without the other with me and Charlie, and they just kind of knew that. And every time someone would try and be rude or, like, why is there a girl playing? Charlie would <laughs> – Charlie was so protective. He'd always come in and, like, get his back up for me, and I'd just usually just leave him to do the dirty work while I'd go and chase the food. So <laughs> nice. I was like, thanks, Charlie. <laughs> um, yeah, played with him for, I don't know, like, eight years, I reckon, and then swapped over to the girls. Um Played at Barnheads for a year and then went to St Mary's, which is a couple of the local teams in Geelong, and um, was in the Falcons, Strong Falcons side with Gab. You. And then it sort of, yeah, it took off from there. The AFL Women's obviously became a competition, and um, there was a pathway um, for me sort of just to follow along and made the um, Vic Country sides and that sort of stuff. And yeah, I was lucky enough to be. Picked up by Carlton. How good. How good. And Abs, what about you? Um, yeah, I was a bit different. I started a bit later. Um, I probably started when I was about 15, 14 or 15, maybe 14. Um, and the local team wanted to just start up a girls' team and just ask mum if I'd be interested or any of my friends would be interested. So she just we just got on board a bunch of my schoolmates and um started up for fun. Um, and then didn't do it very seriously until probably I was 17. Um, and did followed similar pathway to loose. I got I played for Sandy Dragons though, so that's kind of my region in the NAB League um, comp. And then yeah, played for Metro and then got picked up by Carlton. So yeah, it was good. There you go. And um, what year? Um, what year did you guys get picked up in? I was twenty eighteen. Eighteen. And I was not twenty nineteen. The year after. Nice, yeah. nice. So you've been in and around the comp. For a long period of time do you reckon that that process has changed over time for the girls coming through or like has it kind of are the experiences similar say for the younger girls who are coming to the club i think it's been pretty similar from what i understand obviously they've had COVID the last couple of years and haven't had those national competitions um which we had but i think nothing from what i understand nothing much has changed there's still those representative sides um I know, I think Gab, when we played, it was called, or even Ab's TAC, was it TAC Cup? Not yeah, NAB League. Nothing. So, yeah, the, like, besides that, that's probably the only real difference, I think, Ab's. Probably just more like the amount of people, I think, that are now going through the program is very different. I think, yeah, the actual pathway is probably the same in terms of what teams we're going to and, you know, where we play and whoever we play for. But, yeah, there's probably a lot more girls going and a lot more people will know about it. It's not like you have to explain what Sandy Dragons is to most people anymore. Most people will know what it is. Um, yeah. yeah, that's probably the only difference. Like when we got drafted, I feel like there's a lot more people coming from like VFL clubs and things like that. So, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Um, so then, so you get picked up um, and once again, we're fine that every club's different. So that first, is there, are there rituals like the first time you walk into a club um, is there like a first week, like standard for Carlton? Um, so like we heard from Michaela Powger that 
blinds, they get them to the Gabba the day after the draft. Um, so like, was there anything like that for you guys? I'll start nominating. <laughs> um, we had like a dinner thing, like, um, I don't know, like a welcome to Carlton dinner thing. Uh, I was the first father-daughter, so they had kind of got me in to do a bit of media and stuff as well. Um, but I don't really know what they – I feel like they kind of just do that every year, just like a welcome to Carlton kind of drinks and oh, okay. little event thing. I don't know, Lewis, did anything happen? I can't even remember. Yeah, I missed that. They, they do something the night of the draft and I missed it because we had our graduation mass. At oh, yeah, I remember oh, that. Of yeah. I wouldn't let you miss that either, would they? Typical, <laughs> typical Sacred Heart gap. Like, they, I, would, I reckon they wouldn't let you graduate if you didn't go to it. So I was like, oh, so I had to race back and get to that. So I missed it. But, yeah, like, in terms of, like, first week, usually it's just, like, sorting out mm. the school and stuff because I think I still had exams and stuff to do. Yeah, it's still yeah. exam time. Yeah, so just like small stuff like that, sorting out exams. Um, I suppose it's just more about making first year players feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. I found anyway. Yeah, yeah. I think we've lost Guy, but that's all right. I'll be the chatter here. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, Lucy, I want to ask you. Um, obviously, you were with Geelong Falcons, and there's some pretty tight links with Geelong Falcons and um, VFLW at Geelong. And I think there's a few people that just assumed that you would go from one to the other. And then when you nominated um, Vic Metro, like the Melbourne clubs, like talk me through that decision. Like what made you want to do that? Yeah, I suppose I probably, like I tossed up over it for a while, but I probably knew earlier that I wanted to go to Melbourne Mm -hmm. because Back then, I really wanted to do paramedicine, which I'm no longer doing. But <laughs> Love it. <laughs> that's um, and, like, they didn't offer it at Deakin in Geelong. So I was like, yeah. well, I'm going to drive to and from Ballarat. I didn't want to do that. Yeah. And then I figured that if I chose Geelong, I'd probably be in Geelong for my whole life. And I was like, that's no, – it's fun. Like, I love living – Yeah. like, living at home is great. But I was kind of like, let's get out and explore a little bit and yeah. see what else is out there. So that's what kind of prompted me to – choose melbourne um yeah obviously some were disappointed by it but yeah it's all worked out and i think <laughs> is what it is <laughs> were you both um obviously abby you being a father-daughter selection but were you both talking to a number of clubs before carlton nominated you or was it always just carlton that were like in your in your head oh. I was talking to probably the only main one was Collingwood I think most clubs kind of knew that I was going to go to Carlton um if Carlton wanted me that was um at the draft combine though you kind of can you kind of speak to every club um but more seriously I only really spoke to Collingwood who was like the club that bidded for me that Carlton had to match if that makes sense um but yeah I didn't speak to a whole lot of clubs I wasn't like Lucy and went number whatever number Lucy went. <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't speak to that many. I spoke obviously with Geelong, um, Carlton very early on, uh, Bulldogs. I think St Kilda and Richmond as well. I was a Richmond fan, so they were like, "Do you want to come for a tour?" And I was like, "Yep." So I went and had a <laughs> just for a tour. Um, but 
uh, yeah, Carlton were probably um, the main ones pretty early on that that we chatted to. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, fair. Whole property loose. That's like five out of what there's eight clubs in Melbourne. That's <laughs> pretty good for you. You've oh. done um, very very well. Um, let's talk then. So fast forward to now, right? So um, the double season. So I'm bringing this in because Libby Birch has written a nice little article and Hayley Miller's also written some stuff in Women's AFL um, about the impact double seasons had on a number of different cl- clubs. How has that affected you guys this year? What's your experience going through it? I I like it just because I think the break in between is too long. Ads mm-hmm. might have a different perspective because I know you had some off-season plans, but I really <laughs> like it because I – hate the break in between um and it kind of just was like an extension of one big season if that makes sense um we were pretty lucky we didn't have any major injuries at the end of last season so um yeah we're in a better spot probably and we have a younger list which probably allows us to play more games and not feel as fatigued I know some of the older girls probably feel it a little bit more but yeah I, I was really happy with it yeah, I was probably as a, from a team perspective, it was probably good as well. Like Lou said, we're quite a young team. Um, so probably having not as long a break is probably best for us in terms of keeping up our fitness and trying to hold kind of elite standards, which sometimes when you're young, becomes very easy to, you know, forget about them. Um, but yeah, in terms of me personally, I would have loved to stay on the Gold Coast for a couple <laughs> more weeks. But um, now what can you do? Now I'm back. It's been really good having to seasons this year and yeah it's a very different team so it doesn't even feel like that was this year it feels like so long ago um the previous season so yeah yeah you guys did have a lot of player movement actually between 22 I like to call it 2022a and 2022b um talk us through your draftees that have entered the club we um I'm really impressed by Skipper she's a little legend I love watching her play yeah (laughs) Um, is there anyone else that like really stood out for you, both at Carlton and also just in the league in general? Uh, start with you, Abby. Um, at Carlton, definitely Mia Austin. She's out injured at the moment, but yeah, she's just a little young gun. She's um a great overhead mark, great kick, um, great person to be honest. She's a lovely, lovely um girl, and everyone just loves her. Um, and then in terms of other clubs, I think. One that comes to mind is Paige Scott, um, who plays at Essendon. She is a freak. Anytime she gets the ball, I am shitting myself. Um, <laughs> Love it. Yeah, I'm very impressed with her. Um, yeah, that's probably it. Obviously, yeah, we've got, as I've said, Mia. She's so strong as well. I don't know if you noticed, but, like, in contested marking situations, she ragdolls her opponent it's, like, I get starstruck just staying there watching it, and then I'm like, yeah. shit, I actually have to move. But um, <laughs> <laughs> Keely Skepper as well. She's, yeah, she's entertaining for sure. Like, she's such a live wire. <laughs> I don't know if she has enough fun, but, <laughs> um, yeah, she's, she's full on, but great value. Like, you never have to ask her to bring energy because, you know, she always will. And super skillful. She's one of the most skillful players I think I've ever seen. Her left foot is, like, so natural. She pulls kicks that you shouldn't be able to do. Like even AFL men shouldn't be able to do. It's ridiculous. Um, 
she reckons she's going to kick eight in a game two this season. So watch. Oh, that. I love that. <laughs> I love the confidence. Just oh, calling yeah, your she's shot. Got, oh, oh, she's got all the confidence in the world. Yeah, she has a screenshot from the game on the weekend of she nearly took like this really good specky. She's got a screenshot of it on her phone, but she didn't even take. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah literally she doesn't mind letting people know about it either so no she's great value we love we love skip um and from other clubs <clears throat> probably from the return game on the weekend ham the number one mm. pick um yeah she, she's a gun walked past her in the airport the other day i don't know if you saw her abs yeah but i she's, saw her i was so confused yeah she's really tall i didn't think she was that she's tall really like big. i was like Holy shit! <laughs> but yeah, she's she's pretty impressive. <laughs> yeah, she um, I actually had never seen her play, and I watched a little bit of that game, and gee, she just changed the entire match of the Swan. Yeah, because um, yeah. I saw them play Collingwood, and then with her in there, it's just <laughs> yeah, it's completely different. So yeah, there's a couple of young ones coming through who are very very impressive. Um, I love that from Keely, the fact that she's got. She's called eight, and she's got that as a screensaver. Yeah, she's never, never going to forget that. That's outstanding. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, well, we, I mean, I did want to kind of stay away from this, but um, the draws, um, are you guys going for three in a row? What's the, <laughs> what's the, um, <laughs> what's the go with the draws? We oh, keep saying, oh, let's not do yeah, we keep saying yeah. let's not do it every week, but we go out and do it again the next week. So. <laughs> well, two in a row Yeah. Oh. I mean, what are the odds? One, one now and lost one, basically. So, yeah. Yeah. We don't know if that's better or two draws is better. Yeah. Just climbing the ladder two points at a time. Yeah. <laughs> We're going the hard way. Um, <laughs> Um, yeah. Melbourne this week that'll be a big game that'll be exciting there was a good contest yeah. um, them against Brisbane that I watched um, and obviously there's a bit of a tight link between you Lucy and Olivia Purcell so there'll be a little bit of nickel out there for sure um, you're looking forward <laughs> to that one at Icon Park at home yeah it should be a good game Liv is always been a bit of a hothead we know <laughs> uh, so It'd be good to – I think Abs will probably have more dealings with her than I will in mm. the back line. But, um, yeah, she doesn't mind a bit of lip live. And, yeah, <laughs> I, that's why I, I love it. But, um, yeah, I feel like we match up pretty well against Melbourne. So um, I'm excited for Friday night. Mm. Absolutely. I'm going to have to go down and get there. Um, there's a lot of footy going on for fans. It's um, difficult to plan the Friday now that it's a public holiday and there's like three in the same precinct. Um, so I'll definitely try to get out there to Icon. Um, <clears throat> I guess, I don't know where I was going with that, but um, <laughs> <laughs> those are the standards we have here. Anything goes. Um, different standards on at Carlton with your potty. Um, I feel like we're second best. Um, you've been, both of you, on Carlton's podcast and um, so people can go check that out. Do you think, I guess the more prevalence of AFL women's and the, I guess, marketing, all that that comes with it. Um, where do you think the game's going to go in the next couple of years? Do you think, like, obviously we expect it to grow, but 
do you know how much it's going to grow what's expected we talk full-time contracts all the time um yeah what do you where do you reckon the game game's heading um we're obviously pushing for more games um I, we're not asking for 18, but the idea is to go sort of like 12, 14, 16, 18. Well, that's the way we think it should go um, from players. And I think, yeah, it's, it's, we've already, already seen it's grown massively already. Um, it's only going to keep growing as well. And I think um, hopefully with 12 uh, month contracts and, and longer than two seasons, I think we'll also see with that. Um, a little bit more loyalty, like if you're able to sign more two seasons because um, obviously there's a lot of player movement in AFW. Um, and, yeah, whether that's for money or whatnot, I think if, yeah, just become – there's more stability around contracts and, and player pay, then you'll see more um, loyalty towards clubs because at the moment it's a bit, yeah, free-for-all at the end of season and <laughs> anyone's, anyone's really looking to move. Um, we obviously had, what, eight leave – I think at the end of last season. So, yeah, we got um, trumped a bit with that. But, yeah, it's growing at a rapid rate and hopefully we can get to a time, a, a point in time where it's full time. But, yeah, at the moment it's just pushing for more games. Yeah, Ab's thoughts? Um, yeah, kind of what Lou said. Um, I think they're trying to kind of aim for full time by 2026, which if you think about it isn't actually too far away. Um, but yeah, as like more young talent comes the competition's just gonna get better and better. Like you even look at kind of like mine and Lucy's draft year now and where all of our we're at in the competition, like most of us um are kind of at the point when where we have like a we're getting games and playing well and um yeah, I just can't imagine the years that have just gotten drafted in five years, how good they're gonna be. Like they're gonna be double as good as what we're all gonna be. Um, which makes the marketing easier because people want to watch it. So, um, yeah, I think it's only going to grow quicker and quicker as the years go on. Awesome. That's great news. Good Um, to hear. What do you guys do off the ground? Like, what are your hobbies? Are you studying anything? You're working, starting with you, Abs? Um, Yeah, I do a bit of both. I study a double in science and arts at Monash um, and then – I just work for a little landscaping company doing like their admin and stuff like that. I just do the invoicing and client management stuff, make sure all their clients are happy. Um, yeah, that's about it. Hobbies, don't really have any time for any. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. Um, yeah, I guess that's it really. Nice. I, um, I study part-time. Uh, I do business online, which is so good. Like, there's no classes. I just log in at the start of the week and there's work for me to do. So I love not having to <laughs> contribute. That is so to- good. <laughs> um, and I work for Hodges Real Estate part-time as well. Um, and, yeah, hobbies, I don't know, go and get coffee with fr- <laughs> with friends at <laughs> time. But usually usually it's Moa. I feel like Moa always says she's working, but then, it's always like, oh, let's go for coffee. And I'm like, don't you have work? <laughs> She's like, <laughs> I'm like, but, but yeah, coffee, eat out, catch up with friends, that sort of stuff. <laughs> Outstanding. Outstanding. There you go. Well, I reckon we'll wrap. 
Um, it's been good to get an insight into um, your lives and your journey and Carlton itself. Um, all the best for the rest of the season. Uh, it we were Gabby and I were discussing this week. It's real open slather this year. There's like eight teams on eight points, so anyone can get in that top eight. Um, and we really do hope that you guys do. Thanks for coming on board. Really Thanks for your time. Thank you. Gab, is it your birthday? I just got a Facebook notification. What? It is my birthday, and I think Happy I'm going to... Happy birthday! Oh. Oh. Happy birthday! <laughs> oh. No! Oh, Gab. I've celebrated enough for a long time. It's going to be a day <laughs> for sure. Thank you, guys. Happy birthday. Well, Gabs, how about it? Great chat. Great chat. Oh, two absolute. I use legends way too much. So let's go with. Um, well, we'll go with stars just because that's what's on my mind. <laughs> yeah. Um, two stars. So good. Um, laid back. Just um, chaotic chat, but a great chat nonetheless. Oh, absolutely. And it was really awesome to hear about their journey and to hear about them as people as well. Because um, we must remember they have lives outside of the football ground. Um, but definitely looking forward to what, watching what they're doing this season and definitely for future seasons to come. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Speaking of the future, uh, we got two weeks to wait, but we will have a Western Bulldogs star Ooh, next well, time we talk. Good, Very much looking forward to that. Making our way to. <laughs> League, aren't we? So we sure are. Stay tuned. Um, that's what's coming up. I'll see you guys. Or I don't know, not see. <laughs> we'll be back in two weeks. <laughs> bye bye.